Hey everyone, just want to encourage you to find us on your listening platform and give us a rating. Anywhere you listen to that has a rating system, go on over and give us a rating and maybe leave us a review. Let us know your thoughts. These ratings really do help. Thank you so much for listening. On to this week's episode. Rolando, would you consider yourself a fan of Roald Dahl? No. Mm, yeah. Although I read The Glass Elevator. It's fine. Wow. You know, I don't even know what that is. That's a sequel to Willy Wonka and the Char- I'm sorry, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Oh, right. The Glass. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. I've seen uh-huh. Willy Wonka. Now it makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can't say that I've ever read any of his books. No. It's just, I, I guess mean, they don't speak to me. Okay. That's fine. I, you're not a British child, so. I th- <laughs> yeah, they're, they're only available in England, so. <laughs> I mean, I feel like the only, only the British children relate. I, that's interesting. That's an interesting theory. Let's, uh, love to hear some audience feedback on that one. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm familiar with a lot of the movies, though. And a lot of the movies, you know, they're they're hit or misses for me, I guess. And this is mm-hmm. about... Actually, only the second time we're covering a Raul Dahl adaptation, I believe. Because we haven't that's done right. Wonka yet. Wait, what's the first? We'll be doing it this year. Which is... Oh, that's Raul Dahl. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so this is our second time. And we're going to take then, a... Huh? And there'll be a third this year. There will be a third this year, yes. I can't believe it. Too much Raul Dahl for my taste. Uh, but yeah, we're doing 1996 film Matilda, a 90s classic, and the new Netflix musical that's titled Raul Dahl's Matilda the Musical. I think that's the official title. Pretty long. Lovely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just get right to it. I'm Nicole. And I'm Rolando. And this is Remakes, Reboots, and Revivals. An original podcast. About unoriginality. All right, well, Happy New Year. Welcome to the first ever episode of 2023 for Remakes, yeah. Reboots, and Revivals. <laughs> All right. How exciting. So exciting. Uh, FYI, everyone, you guys may hear the puppy. He is a whiner. and He is very boisterous. So if you hear him in the background, apologies. Yes, and you might hear my cat snoring in the background because he's loud. I think he has a nose problem because he snores mm. very loudly. Mm. Um, yes. But yeah, uh, 2023, how has your new year been so far? Um, you know, it's, it's been fine. Uh, I think we spent a lot of time bonding with the new pup and, uh, that was great. Did, what else? I got to binge. Oh, we're in the process of binging, not binging, watching it, oh, you know, a few episodes day by day, but this show called The Glory on Netflix it's Never a heard Korean, of that. So it's a Korean drama. Uh, it's a revenge drama, my kinds of dramas. And uh, it's great. It's just this uh, she, uh, this woman, when she was a teenager in high school, was just mercilessly bullied. And uh, now, like, I think 15 years later, she's enacting her revenge on her bullies. Oh wow! And it's 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 great. I am. I love a good. I love a good like revenge story like revenge the the abc show was like is one of my favorite shows the first season and uh this is like the spiritual successor to it yeah and i kind of low-key i have issues with the show because uh 
I don't know if this is just Korean filmmaking, but the editing is a little all over the place and like they go back in time and flash forwards and all this stuff. And it kind of does drive me a little crazy where I kind of wish, okay, if they ever make this, this is a show that's like ready for an American remake. Uh, and if they ever remake this, uh, I would just love to see like what, like either Netflix or like HBO, you know, someone else does with it. Uh, to make it just a little bit more palatable for American audiences. Just a little bit. But it's so good. It is so good. Huh. It also okay. reminded me that, you know, we have a K, a Korean remake coming out this year. The Train to Busan is Train to New York. That's coming out this year. <laughs> is that really? Who's in it? Uh-huh. Uh, I don't know any major actors in it, but I know oh, it's okay. like a major, it's going to be like an actual Hollywood release. Is there so I don't know if it's in theaters. I that uh, don't know if nope, these are questions that I don't know. It. I only okay. I, I didn't just announce it. I only learned about it from uh, the TikToks that I follow, like, you know, movies to like even I off for this year. Train to New York is one of them. It's wow. like the American remake of Train to Busan. Well, then that'll be an episode I look forward to. Have um, you seen Train to Busan? Uh, not yet. Mm. But I am putting it off because I know I'm going to like love it. <laughs> you think? No, it's I really think good. so. I I, so. I I enjoy it. I think it's a, I think it's a wonderful film, uh, especially for a zombie film. I'm curious. I already have bets with Eddie as to like how I expect the American remake to go, like for the ending. Uh, oh, okay. So yeah, because I you know I, once I found out, I because I had heard that they were going to make an American remake of the film. I just didn't know that it's like this year that's going to come out. Uh, <laughs> so I was just like, oh, I know exactly how they're going to Americanize the ending. Oh my gosh. As long as Brad Pitt's not in it, I'll be fine. No, I don't uh, think he is in it. Let me see. Let me see if there's any news on it. But how oh. about you? What have, what have you been? Uh, uh, well, you know, my foot's still in the cast. So taking it very slowly and surely. Um, but other than that, you know, just, same old <laughs> not much you know it's actually interesting because with you talking about this revenge show that you're watching it's kind of a good segue into the matilda property because if you think about it matilda is all about revenge and that is one yeah. of the core themes that i think happens in this uh piece here and you know obviously we full disclosure not talking about the books not not here to review the books, just here to review the two movie properties. And if you are a Raul Dahl lover, you know, I apologize in advance because we don't really know anything about him mm-hmm. and we're not going to go into that. Uh, but Didn't we, are... we confirm that he was racist? Uh, like, at least anti-Semitic? Or I, that's what I found out in the research while doing research. Yeah, movie, I think... I... I think it... I think one of those is true, and I'm leaning towards anti-Semitic, but don't... Anti-Semitic, and I think there's anti-blackness also that he has been attached to. I mean, you know, I hate to say this, but <laughs> I'm going to say it anyway. Uh, people back then were so casually racist. It's just like, they just hated it because it was in fashion and it was in vogue. Like I don't know if it was in fashion and vogue. I mean, you know, maybe. But... I mean, I'm reading a lot of like literature of the time. It's just like, wow, everyone is casually racist. Like, Eddie, remember when we read that Ernest Hemingway book? And the way that that opened up with the character oh, Ernest Hemingway Robert is Kahn. No, he's notoriously racist, though. They all were. <laughs> it was just like back then. Like it was again, it was just a casual thing to be racist against at least one person. Mm-hmm. Um, my how times have changed for the better in that way. So, I mean, yeah, I don't know. What are you talking about? Like, oh, you're right. Instead of being racist, now you're just transphobic. J.K. Rowling. <laughs> well, I was going to say, you know, most people aren't anything but yeah let's put out a bad example for sure 
Mm-hmm. Um, although, I don't know if... Okay. Uh, so, Matilda. Did you grow up on this movie? Yes, actually, I did. I did, too. I had the VHS. And I actually saw it in theaters, I'm pretty sure. I think I did, too. Yeah. But so, I, that's so funny. That's exactly the same reaction I have. Like, I feel like I saw this in theaters. I'm, like, almost certain I did. But I could be... I maybe I just saw it so many times at home that I was just like, maybe I did it. That's that's 100% me. I saw it a bunch of times. I remember this VHS vividly. It was yeah. definitely a worn out one for me. Eddie Z, this is your first time back since uh, the 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 incident, the holidays, the incident. <laughs> what incident? <laughs> uh, did you- My lawyers told me not to disclose any information. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did you grow up with this film? Uh, I didn't per se grew up with it. Um, I know I I kind of saw this later on, oh. and I think it, it it just happens to be when you have nieces and nephews, you end up watching these things. Mm, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. I can see that. Uh, True. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eddie, I guess it was this like a little like after your childhood. Maybe were you like too old for it when it came out? I don't think I was too old for it. I just maybe, maybe, yeah. Because, I mean, I was, well, no, I was like nine, eight or nine when this came out. So I do think I was like the perfect age. Rather, no, you yeah. must have been like nine, ten. I think nine. Yeah. Um, I think nine when the movie came out. Uh, and the main actress was like famous for like Mrs. Doubtfire. Mm-hmm. And, and I, also Stuart Little, right? I think so. Stuart, Stuart but Stuart Little. Little came out way after this, didn't he? I, you know, that's the thing. Like, I was like, oh, yeah. And she was in Mermaids and she was in, and I was like, nope, that's Christina Ricci. Uh, Miracle on 34th Street. Yes. Yes. She yes. Was on yes. The mir- or remake. Yes. So, yeah. Early 90s, early to mid 90s. I mean, she was like, I, I was the same age as her practically, you know? So she was just like, wow, this kid is so cool getting to be in all these movies. Uh, and it's so funny <laughs> because doing the research, you know, Matilda was not successful. Like when it came out initially? Yeah. Really? It did not do well at the box office. It barely took in what it like. So the budget was thirty six and made thirty three million. So it was not very successful. That's a uh, wow! I saw this movie so much that I would have thought like everyone's seen this movie, right? Like this was yeah. Like, I think this is one of those films that you know really picked up with its second life on home video. Uh huh. And yeah, maybe yeah. So maybe I didn't see it in theaters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like the odds are now against me. Yeah. And did you know that Danny DeVito not only produced this through his company Jersey Films, but he directed it. So I learned a lot about Danny DeVito after rewatching this uh, film for the podcast. Yeah. First of all, being A, he directed this film. I didn't know that. I knew that he was in it and he was a narrator, but I did not know that he directed the film. Yeah. But nor did I know that he's from Jersey. Yeah. You didn't know he's from Jersey? I didn't know he's from Jersey. Yep. And Neptune. He's, That's why they had that little nod to uh, Asbury Park in the. In yes, the I know. When I saw that this time, I was like, "Oh my god!" Um, I mean, he loves. I guess he's very proud of it. Like he calls his company Jersey Films. That's pretty huge. Uh, so what yeah. else has have you done, like as a filmmaker? Well, yeah. Has he ever, has he directed anything else? Well, let's look into that right now. I will, I, I I know very little. I I know. I know Danny DeVito, like, his roles, but I don't really know anything. And that he's married to Rhea Perlman, but I don't really know much about him. Yeah, actually, he's directed... I can't believe I forgot this. He's directed quite a few movies. He directed the movie Throw Mom Off the Train. I never... Which is a comedic remake of Strangers on a Train. It's with him and Billy Crystal. Okay. Uh, The War of the Roses with Michael Douglas and Kathleen Turner, where they're, like, a couple who, like, 
have a really bitter falling Divorced. out. Yeah. Well, not I, even. I'm they're a... still married and they like, but they live together and they hate each other. I think. Okay. I believe so. Anyway, Death to Smoochie. Oh, he directed that one? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Wow. Interesting. I actually, yeah. I'm like, I like it and I don't like that movie. Yeah. I like the performance from uh, Robin Williams. Uh, you know, it's been years, so I can't even speak to it. I have to pretty much say I haven't seen it at this point. Um, he directed Duplex with Drew Barrymore and Ben Stiller. And wow, then, okay. That's another movie that I know about, but I don't think I've ever seen it. His last movie he directed is a, uh, it's actually a short film called Curmudgeons. Um, and I think, th- actually his last big film would be Duplex. So he's only directed a handful, less than 10. And you know, it's so interesting, like thinking of specifically like Matilda and Death to Smoochie, like, you could actually see that the same filmmaker made those two movies and yeah, kind of like in in their outlandishness and, and stuff. So he, that's the thing, like, he doesn't really, the nice thing about Danny DeVito is that he does not take himself seriously. No. And that reflects in his, kind of his choices, in his overall, like, personality as an actor, you know, ranging from his work in the 80s to It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Um... Yeah, I mean, Danny DeVito's always just been, like, around with, like, Batman Returns. <laughs> Which was, well, talk about a great role. Talk about, like, yeah, like, really transforming himself there. Like, I just feel like Danny DeVito's always showed up in something I've been watching. And I've never really thought too much about him. But I learned quite a lot about him as well when I read this. Like, in contrast to the characters that they play in this movie, apparently they grew quite attached to Mara Wilson, who plays Matilda, because during the production of this film, her mother passed away from breast cancer. Wow. Yeah, and they, like, took her in and, like, grew a really, really close friendship with her. Uh, You know, almost like like having her over their house and everything. I didn't know that. That's, uh... That's, uh, I mean, that's rough. I'm actually... I feel like... I think I know someone who knows Mara Wilson, but I could be mistaken about that. Oh. And I feel like it was someone in our circle of friends, but maybe it could be from me and Eddie's circle of friends from the city who, Mm. like, frequently hung out with her. And I would ask Eddie right now, but he is cleaning up an oopsie-daisy from the dog, so. (laughs) (laughs) So maybe he could confirm later. Uh (laughs) But yeah, this movie, it stars uh, Danny DeVito, Rio Perlman, Mara Wilson as Matilda, and in supporting roles, M. Beth Davids and Pam Ferris. And essentially, this movie is about a young girl named Matilda. Uh, she's a child prodigy with quite a brilliant mind and a knack for reading and just incredibly perceptive, but she is abused and misappreciated, underappreciated, I would say, by her family and almost Mm -hmm. by almost every adult in her life to the point where she actually develops psychokinetic abilities. And she kind of uses it to not only, you know, save herself from the prison of her own mind, but other people who are being bullied into corners as well. That's essentially what both of these properties are going to be about. So, right. um, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Like, really, really, you know, being as, as thin as we can. I hadn't seen Matilda in years, probably 15 years. So watching it for the first time in that long, you know, it was just like, wow, so many memories, and yet so much I didn't remember. Right. Well, did you watch them out of order, or did you watch them in order, as you usually do? I usually watch them first, uh, original first, remake second. So I watched Matilda from first. 1996 first, yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, I did it in the reverse order, as I usually do. As you usually do. 
And because uh, there were things that happened in the remake that I was like, I was just like, I don't remember that happening in the in the book. Like, I don't remember Matilda being mischievous. And then I watched this movie. I'm just like, oh, I guess she was a little mm. bit. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. enacting revenge. And I, so she wasn't committing revenge per se on her parents. And even on Miss Trunchbull, I would argue that the story is not about revenge. It's about punishing. All right. Uh, it's like that line in the beginning, you know, when people yeah, are all, bad, you got to punish them, not just children. Exactly. And yeah. not just so as that was a lesson that she learned from her father. That, but you wouldn't know, you that, argue that revenge is a form of punishment? No, it's not. You don't think I so? I don't think I, I think punishment can be a form of revenge, but I don't think revenge is a form of punishment. Right. Uh, does that make sense? No, or maybe I'm thinking the reverse. I don't think. I don't because basically, like, it's not when you're punishing someone, you're not necessarily seeking revenge from them. You're punishing them to hopefully teach them a lesson. Yeah. Right. When you're enacting revenge, I, I don't think the lesson could be damned. It's about getting even. It's about you know eye for an eye on that one, right? Yes. It's not you're not you, you know when I'm like looking for revenge on someone, it's not because I want them to to never do this again is because I want them to hurt. Yeah. You want them to hurt. You want I, them to suffer. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So as, then as point, I think punishment is just like a punishment. I think the idea of a punishment is like, yes, this is going to suck, but like you should learn something from this. At least that was sort of a proper punishment should be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess then it would be by that logic, then revenge would be a form of punishment, but punishment is not a form of revenge because punishment is okay, separate. Okay, there you yeah. go. Right. Um, and you're right. It is more about kind of like learning lessons uh, to say, I don't know. Well, I mean, there's a lot that goes on and it's it's an interesting message. <laughs> it's like after I watch both films, I'm like, okay, kind of trying to think about what it is I'm really supposed to be taking away from this. Um, so maybe we can we can talk it out. But, you know, Matilda, from the moment she's born, is not wanted. Uh, and she's put into, like, the backseat and treated terribly uh, in the first film. And forgotten about in the car. Forgotten about Which in the I car. I think is illegal nowadays. You can't oh, even yeah. a dog in the, yeah. in the car. So. And immediately. I can a baby. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Immediately, though, this film takes a very humorous approach to this type of child neglect that she receives from, like, the moment she leaves the hospital. Um, you know, with the music cues and just, like, with the way that they they film everything, you know, like he does this great trick too, where everything seems larger than life, you know? So like the carriage that she's in, in the car, when it's like going back and forth, it's like, it's, it's a huge car that she's going back and forth in between to show just kind of like the dangerousness, you know? So like, uh, he, he kind of overemphasizes everything. It's somewhat expressionistic. If, mm-hmm. if, you know, we want to really get to labels there, which is actually, I really appreciated upon this rewatch. She also has a brother in this movie, which she doesn't have in the musical, but she has a brother who the parents prefer just downright. Uh, and he's cause he's more like them from like right. the moment she comes of age, maybe two, three, four. Uh, she just has no interest that they do and their interests, you know, are living lavishly in their, in their definition of that and watching TV. I was gonna say they don't. I don't think they live. They live gaudy. They live gaudily. There you go. But they don't live lavishly. I would say and it's so. Her style is so like what you imagine like '90s Jersey housewives. Yes. Be, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, at least the old school one. God, yeah. Real Pearlman was so good at this movie. She's she was. So, I think my she, favorite is when they're like, she's like, I'm six. I should go to school. They're like, No, you're not. You're four. <laughs> right. Where they just have no idea of what her age is like they have no idea yeah 
I'm not even going to front. Like, I feel like me as a parent will probably constantly forget my child's age. My dad used to forget me and my sister's ages, like, constantly. Really? I think it's like a family thing. Yeah. And not like, and I, not, at no point did I ever feel unloved by him. It's just like, you know. It happens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, how old are you? Thir- no, you're not 13. It's yeah. denialism, right? You're, no, you're not 13. Because that would mean I'm this age now. <laughs> True. Yeah. Life isn't moving that fast. Uh, well, yeah. But in this case, they are child neglectors. And they they didn't put her in school. Even though she clearly should be. Because all she does is read books. Much to well, their yeah. chagrin. Well, you know, I think part of the reason that they didn't want to keep her in school, though, in the film, in the 1996 film, is because she was, he was getting constantly delivery of... Yeah, who's going to pick up the packages? Yeah, like constant deliveries of, like, illegally stolen parts. Yeah, yeah, he's a used car salesman. Um, He's a shoddy car salesman. And proud of it. Yeah, teaching his daughter is just like, yeah, this is how you get ahead. Uh, I, he says this great line that I, I think so resonates. It's just like, oh, how do you think all rich people got ahead? <laughs> it's uh, true. Right? It's because true. it's just like there are no, there's no billionaires that made their money ethically. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah. Yeah. And he pretty much teaches her from a young age too. Like, I guess she talks back once and he's like, oh, when someone is bad, you know, they should be punished. And then therefore she learns that, you know, when someone's bad, they should be punished, which takes in the whole thematic content of the whole story. So she slowly starts to punish her father secretly. She, like, you know, messes with his hair tonic, glues his uh, hat to hat. his head, all out of when whenever he's the, being a dick to her and just not being the, the father that he should be. Well, the first time was because he was being a dick to her. The second time was because he was cheating he was you know selling people these faulty cars and she could see this and she's just like no you deserve Uh, to get punished for this yes 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 i am mingling the two films together (laughs) you are i am forgetting which one is which um yes and during a shoddy deal selling one of his bogus cars he meets mrs trenchbull yep and then he's like all right fine i'll put matilda in school and i'm gonna put her in this crazy bad school and yeah miss trunchbull is played by let's see she is played by pam ferris and from uh she's been in british comedies i thought you would know nicole since you love i've not seen any of these british comedies isn't it Uh, women of uk or something (laughs) yeah no i mean i would have seen her in my honorary subscription to women of uk magazine but i guess i didn't look at this last edition (laughs) She's in shows called Connie, The Darling Buds of May, Where the Heart Is, Rosemary and Time, and Call the Midwife. And Rosemary and Time. Oh, you know that show. I do know that show. Eddie, do you know that show? I feel like you've told me about that show. Yeah, Yeah, there you go. You see. Rosemary and Time. I I feel like it it was also referenced on uh, Arrested Development also, I I think. Oh, Uh, really? mm -hmm. And, uh, but no, uh, yeah, whoever, this lady is one of the most if not the most memorable part of this film. Absolutely. I would say her and then Rhea Perlman's style. Yeah. Would be the, the things that, <laughs> and her like, curls. that, yeah. that resonate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, talk about a performance and talk about disappearing in the costume. Uh, Agatha Trunchbull is, she's abusive. She's cruel. She is of herself a, a child neglector. Well, not even neglect, just abuser at the no, school that she's yeah. the headmistress of. And she's a, a former Olympian athlete. She has like this motto of like, no, the children shouldn't have been, children, children shouldn't exist. 
Pretty much. She just, like, like, despises them, yeah. Yeah. And she gets off on power tripping over them and exerting her authority over them. A big line that is used frequently by adults in this is kind of like, I'm big, you're small. I'm dumb. I'm smart, you're dumb. I'm right, and you're wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's very much about people who abuse power in that sense. Okay, so we got themes of abuse of power and punishment. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh... Yeah, so we just, now that she attends school, you know, she she finds kind of like a happy place. She makes friends like the adorable Lavender. No, and her, no Lavender had the pigtails. The blonde girl has the pigtails. Yes, the blonde, yeah, no, but... Lavender uh, was with the glasses. Um, I think that's Amanda. Maybe. I don't remember I the so. names. I just, yeah. I could tell you she's blonde and she has glasses also. Yeah. She gets, like, tossed by her pigtails outside. Uh, yes. Then there's Bruce, there's the Bruce. chunky kid, mm-hmm. who He's I gluttonous. yeah. Well, is he gluttony? He ate a slice. Of, who doesn't like a slice of chocolate? I don't. It's but very, it's very Wonka-ish, you know, where it's like, oh, you're a kid who likes to eat. Well, eat this whole fucking cake, you glut little. Like, I don't know. Ralph Dull must not like fat children. <laughs> maybe he, maybe he is fat phobic. Who knows? Maybe, uh, but or was he's dead? Uh, uh, he's been dead for like thirty three years. Um, <laughs> he is no, but the scene with uh with Bruce eating that cake, like I. Grew up thinking I was allergic to chocolate, but like in retrospect, I also have disgust of chocolate because that chocolate cake looked vile. Yeah, it looks so gross. He's eating it. It looked like I mean, in now as an adult looking at him, just like that looks like straight up just shit that he's eating. Yeah, and it is such a vile scene in my opinion. And I just forgot the hilarity that ensues when, like, he finishes, he's cheering, and she just breaks that plate over this kid's head. I'm just like, oh, my God. Like, yeah. is- <laughs> the visual effects are successful. Like, that cake looks disgusting. It's a horrific scene, the way it's, like, yeah. shot and everything. Every- you know mm-hmm, what I mean? Mm-hmm. It felt very horror-esque. It does, yeah. Again, expressionistic, you know, like, is a good word to describe it. Like, there's that scene where we're introduced to the cops who are survey uh, under surveillance, Paul Rubens. Yeah, right? and we see Paul Rubens, but we first see his camera, which is like this huge, you know, uh, lens that's sticking right at the camera. And then when you put it down and you see who it is, it's a nice little reveal. And and you know mm-hmm. that, like, if there was any question about what kind of mood or what kind of movie you were watching, enter Paul Rubens. It's a comedy. Uh, <laughs> so, who is Pee Wee Herman? Um, yes. In case you didn't know. Yes. <laughs> uh, Miss Trunchbull also likes to put people in a thing called Chokey which is a small closet that is similar to an Iron Maiden. So it's pretty much got, much got like all these nails sticking out. Yeah, like and there's nails on the door. You have to basically stand absolutely still or you'll die. Yes. Basically. It's terrifying. Yeah. yeah, like like where are all the other parents? We know that Matilda's parents don't care, but apparently well, nobody's parents care. No, it's not that they don't care. It's like one of the girls said um, – what, if you tell your parents, like, are they going to believe you? Like, this sounds absolutely insane. I I mean, I guess so. And that's, that's the thing. It's just like, because parents here are oblivious, I think, to the horrors that children experience. I think that's also part of the, the thing that's that's kind of lurking in this story. Yeah. Not well, also, parents, adults are adults. kind of, yeah. Adults are, are, are the ones that are oblivious to the pains of children, right? Because that's also in Mrs. Honey's kind of storyline yes because Uh, mrs honey even though she's an adult you know she's got a lot of childhood trauma that she's still going through 
Right. Um, which makes her kind of an honorary child, <laughs> I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, Miss Honey is the teacher of Matilda. She's the only kind adult. And she herself was kind of raised and abused by Miss Trunchbull. So she's very much like uh, the mirror reflection for Matilda. And, you know, spoiler alert, at the end, they she gets adopted by her. What did you yeah. think about their relationship? Um, I mean, I think it's started off hot and heavy with that scene where like she's reading the, the math scene it, it's like even as a kid i was just like wow this is like a weird reaction she's having to this, right uh, to this child who's just saying math and now as a result just like yeah this is still not creepy it's not like i don't think it's it's not by any means sexual or anything but like it is a little jarring i think is just like like the long pauses yes. like the staring or something yes i'm so weird. glad you said it because upon <laughs> i remembered that as a child and upon rewatch it just all came flooding back where i was just like there's something kind of uncomfortable about their relationship and it's like none of it is quite inappropriate but it just feels weird <laughs> it does feel weird yeah um, like it feels like like it, the adult in particular is playing it like a love scene that's the thing it does feel well and you know it it is right. It is still love in first sight. It's still it's just a, a um, almost like a mother daughter love. Yes. Uh, at first sight, kind of thing. So like I don't, uh, I understand the filmmaking technique trying to go with that. It just does feel weird. It does, <laughs> yeah. Um, but have you ever seen the the someone made an edit of that scene, uh, but like edited to like RuPaul's Drag Race music and like kind of like cutaways. So like. Uh, like I think when she's like talking about reading, you know, like reading someone, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Uh, they had like the the that little noise that happens like like when she says like the math equation and stuff, it's hilarious. If I if I track it, I'm gonna like post it. Yeah, share it to you. I'll see if I can share the link because I think it's on YouTube. But it's a good little like clip that I kept thinking about when rewatching this scene. Um, yeah, no, uh. I mean, story wise, the rest of the story is pretty much that like Matilda cannot like free herself from the prison of her own life until she helps Miss Honey free her uh, Mm -hmm. or like helps Miss Honey free herself and then they can be free together. And then Miss Honey does adopt her and whatnot. Right. Because, I mean, the thing that's happening here is we find out that Miss Trunchbull stole Miss Honey's house in this like, you know, because she was like her evil step aunt. Mm-hmm. And uh, may have potentially killed Mrs. Honey's father in order to keep the house. Yes, uh, it's kind of dark. It is kind of dark. Which yes. also, apparently, that picture of Magnus is a picture of Roald Dahl. Oh, is it? Yeah, that's actually funny. I didn't know that. Yeah, Maybe I should have gone into the fire <laughs> in retrospect. <laughs> Seriously. Well, everything um, with Miss Trunchbull is very dark. Um, you know, but it's very it's effectively like they do a good job with making it kind of kid-friendly and playing it off as humor. Although, like, you know, if you think about the stuff that used to be guard, like, geared to children and how dark it often was from, like, gremlins to witches to Matilda, and you see the stuff that we're giving children now, which is minions and, I guess, Puss in Boots and Lyle Lyle Crocodile, it's just like, wow, we were, like, the last kind of generation that, you know, didn't have their children films kind of watered the fuck down. I don't know. Uh, I think... No, 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 no. Because I think you just gave some, like, really, you know, childish, like, properties. But, like, I think 
the truth is like for for children's programming maybe more so programming there's a lot more the content is a lot heavier i think than like i've ever experienced in my in my own childhood and i don't mean like heavy in the it's not necessarily it's like dark almost like realistically heavy some stuff that like they put in kids show that i'm like kind of sometimes not taken aback maybe sometimes taken aback not because of it's like how heavy it is but it's just like oh wow like this is really mature stuff Mm. to be handing kids uh one of these shows that like eddie watched uh was like the infinity train for example right that was a kid's show and that shit was like fucking dark and heavy and i'm like this is this is this is almost like an adult program that they have here right it's not by no means i'm not talking about anything violent i'm not talking about anything like sexual it's just like the themes that they're exploring for a kids program was like really heavy stuff and i think actually we're in an age where like kids programming and i I think programming because like maybe movies i think you might be right maybe movies are a little bit more like childish but like the stuff that's being geared towards kids i think is like way more emotionally heavy than it's ever been in the past and i think that's actually a good thing though like Mm. to have kids kind of explore some of these feelings that like maybe they don't know how to express yeah no that sounds like uh interesting stuff that they are doing i guess it also depends on the age um yeah but i guess back then too you know more often like it would be more acceptable to show your three or four year old gremlins than it probably would be to show your three or four year old that now i don't Um, know i feel like my friends have kids who are like in that age group now when they're showing up those movies well, that's awesome. <laughs> I mean, yeah, rock on so. kids. Uh, but I guess they're just like, they're not releasing those films for like four or five year olds or whatever. But again, we're just not seeing it because like the media landscape is so different now of how we can see so media. Different, yeah. So like maybe they're just, uh, maybe more of those movies are just showing up on like Netflix or direct to streaming that yeah, like parents and it find them to just, just sit the kids the sauce. down. It, it might be. Thing. I mean, yeah. that's the problem with like the way we consume media now. It's just like, yeah. there's so much of it's it. It's so niche. You know, like, mm-hmm. not everyone watches the same thing. For sure. But the the way that they direct the scene where, you know, Miss Trunchbull is kind of, like, being confronted by the ghost of Magnus, which is just Matilda fucking with her. Uh, with her telekinetic powers. With her telekinetic powers. Is actually, like, like you said, it's dark, but it's so, like, well shot. It is. And, like, practical effects up the uh-huh. wazoo just impressively done like I, yeah. I was reading how they did a bunch of those practical effects like you know how they wrote the chalk on the um the chalkboard was that somebody was standing behind it with a magnet <laughs> oh really that's yeah. so funny i didn't know that and that's how really? they pulled the chalk and that's how they wrote it out and i think they had to like i mean i would assume they would have to learn how to spell backwards or something right i could spell backwards but and then you have to make a little like a kid's handwriting so it, it that too yeah fine. but it's still really cool <laughs> I, I, I love those scenes, but I think my favorite sequence is actually the trunch hunting down Matilda and Miss Honey in her house mm, when like they're mm-hmm. playing like the cat and mouse game because that one it felt like a suspense film like it's it went from like being this like kids movie to all of a sudden like we're like in Terminator yes you know what I yes mean? Like, yeah and he does a great line too with like you know it's it's reality but it's also like very much fantasy you know like when she looks under the table and then matilda's like holding on to like the top mm-hmm. of it and stuff which is like it's unrealistic but you buy it because of the whole way this, this movie has been established it's a very, um, it felt very karate-ish like something you would see in like a action film yes okay and uh, yeah no i mean look Danny DeVito directed the shit out of this film. He I did. He did a great did job. It, yeah. and like in retro, like watching this as an adult, I'm just like, oh, this movie is, it still holds up. It's wonderful. The set pieces and, are great. 
Mm-hmm. Costumes are great. Performances, Performances are, are good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, I obviously I think propped up mostly by the trunch. The trunch is just absolutely. Great. Yeah. She's I mean character. just disappeared in that costume. Disgusting vile yeah she's great <laughs> but so fun to watch so man. fun she's, yeah just absolutely she just goes like and the more unhinged she becomes like the more like you just like in it like it's just so good yes and it, it took me like this long to realize that that song that they kept using in it like that yeah that one i was like wow this guy's really saying nothing like i don't think i ever realized growing up that he was just kind of like like on my way just different but then like when he starts like singing is it him singing i thought it was someone else maybe somebody else whoever singing i was just like wow they're really not saying anything i mean it's fine but what were the lyrics that's the thing i can't remember because i don't even think that they were saying like real words and i was like wow this is used for such a poignant moment in the movie <laughs> it's a song like, for the song i still remember that song though. i remember oh my gosh i hear that song it takes me back to the 90s so crazy uh, uh is there anything else that you want to talk about before we move on yes the parents get arrested is the implication Ah, uh, yes 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 okay and uh, before miss honey adopts them but i think actually i even as a kid that scene made me it was a bittersweet scene even as a kid because the mom says her like, all I ever wanted was a child, a daughter. Now. <laughs> and then she signs on the uh, adoption papers and then the narrator goes like, that's the nicest thing they ever did for her. And I was just like, that's so, it's tragic. It's so tragic. Yeah, it is. You know yeah. I mean? Well, it's, yeah. I mean, she doesn't really have any like emotional arc with her up until that moment. And it is actually kind of nice that they give her something because a lot has happened with, you know, the father. The dad, yeah. Um, so they kind of have their own closure, but it's also like, wow, okay, thanks, mom. Um, and wow, way to keep those adoption papers just waiting, you know, just oh, waiting can't. for the right moment to say mom and dad. <laughs> it's when they're going to get arrested by the FBI. That, like, yeah, I think that is the right time. Now, how do we feel about the fact that her tel- her teacher adopted her? Like, I don't know, is that like appropriate? I don't know. I grew up on, you know, Boy Meets World. Mr. Turner tried to adopt Sean Hunter, so I guess it's okay. It's a thing that happened in the 90s, I guess. It's, yeah, a lot in Guardian. the 90s. He was Just trying to... No, no, no. He had, there were paperwork. That was a fight they had before the accident. <laughs> that, like, he never signed off on the paperwork. And then he got in a car ex- uh, 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 motorcycle accident. And then we so. never saw Mr. Turner <laughs> again. Then we never saw him again. Yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I guess it's it's fine, you know, in a movie. Um, you know, but children should just not grow up thinking. A, I might have grown up thinking like, hey, my teachers are my friends. It's like, no, they're not my friends. They're no, my I don't know. I, I don't know teachers. that I've ever had a relationship as close as like Matilda had with Miss Honey growing up. Yeah, well, no. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> I feel yeah, like, because the truth, I mean, either. let's be very real. Like, most teachers want to get the fuck out of Dodge as soon as, like, class is over, right? Like, yeah. Like, you want to go on an adventure with me? Hard pass, kid. I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But other than that, I mean, uh, I, thought it, I thought it held up pretty damn well. Um, oh, it, I, it's better than I remember it. Yeah. I remember, like, you know, I remember the movie fondly, right? But, uh, you know, as we were going to cover the property, I just think it's like, how much of that is like nostalgia, right? Like it's mm-hmm. nostalgia. But then I'm watching it. I'm just like, no, this is like a wonderful, this is a wonderful film. I actually think creatively made. Yeah. For it might be the second best role doll, like film, uh, of the past. Oh, what's the first? I think, uh, Willy Wonka and the Chalk factory. I oh, it's wow. a way more fun movie. 
And it's a musical. I'm aware. Wow. As Speaking is the of next musicals. Adaptation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, in 2011, there was a stage musical um, by. It came out in 2011. I feel like it came out like five years ago. It came out 2011. So 11, I mean, at least on the West End first, and then hit the Broadway stage with music by Tim Minchin. And I do believe Matthew Warkus, who directed the movie, also did work or is like very much a part of the history of this the stage play. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, screenplay written by Dennis Kelly. So all these people worked on the, the musical uh, on the stage and they worked on this Netflix film. And it's so funny, too, because it begins with TriStar, which is also like TriStar is so 90s with like the horse with the Columbia like co feature. Uh, so when I saw that TriStar came on at the beginning of this film, I was like, oh, my God, are they they're really doing a deep <laughs> reference to that original. Um, I think the original Matilda didn't the musical did not win the Tony Award for best musical. Uh, oh, wait, it won the Tony Award for the best book of a musical. So like the score won. Okay. Um, and I think it was won the, the music Olivier is the music from this movie the same as the musical numbers in the musical yes i think the one song that might have been written for the film is the ending song um okay. but i have heard all these songs from the stage play i never saw the stage play but I oh, have... no, i'm surprised i actually i wanted to take my mom to see it uh, i wanted to too i never got around to it either and then it got off stage and i'm just like okay well fine. yeah Bye. this film actually opened in the uk uh in the theaters so like this and it took in about five million pounds wow considering it's a netflix i mean again they have to uh i'm surprised it hasn't played in the u.s i guess they're trying to go after some baftas uh because of the rules like you need to like you need to like screen your movie in theaters for uh, yes a couple weeks i think for in order to qualify for like the major awards the BAFTAs would be in, out there in England, so yes, that's my suspicion. I can't. It I could be, or at least for something like original song or something, because I do believe that that ending song was not in the original musical. Mm. Yeah, but, yeah, they might be trying to score like an award there. I um, think so. Were you shocked as I was when they were all talking in British accents? I was too. Yeah, I was like, I was like, I was, I was like, like, wait, whoa, this whoa, is British. Whoa, whoa, whoa! <laughs> this is a British film. <laughs> Yeah, like, I and, then like, I, and then I, I remember asking Eddie, like Eddie, is Roald Dahl British? And Eddie was looked at me like, how the fuck would I know? Like, <laughs> 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 so that was jarring thing number one. Um, yeah, I knew obviously it's called Matilda the Musical, so I was well aware it was gonna be a musical. So I kind of was already like, Ugh. but all right, let's get into it. Let's get into it. Okay. So, um, story is the same. Matilda is a neglected young girl, uh, who is mistreated by her parents. You ever, you remember that line in the breakfast club where, uh, Emilio Estevez talking to Ali Sheedy and he's like, so what do your parents do? They, do they, do they beat you? Do they call you names? And Ali Sheedy goes, they ignore me. And mm-hmm. it's just such a crushing moment of that film. Cause like all of them are like bitching about their lives and like, here she is being totally neglected by her parents. Child neglect is probably the worst form of abuse. Or, I mean, all forms of abuse are fucking um, terrible. I don't know. <laughs> I could name, like, two that are worse. Literal but, like, neglect abuse and sexual abuse. 
I would argue, which is like, I don't know. Those are pretty more traumatic. Those are, I opinion. mean, all forms of abuse are terrible, of course. Yeah. Uh, why I guess, are we, like, why are we child neglect. Them, I'm not ranking them. <laughs> but the emotional damage that it does to someone is just, you know, it's pretty, as most abuses, is irreversible. Um, and it, like, really felt way more harsh in this movie. Yes, it did. I agree. Yeah, I think the totally. it, 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 in almost the moments where I felt uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. Certain scenes because in the original in the 1996 film, you know, Matilda had a nice room. <laughs> like she at least had a room. <laughs> she yeah. got to go to the library. She got to go to like a pretty decent library. You know, she had kind of access to the house. Huge library, decent library. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, she actually got to go to a library. She's it's stuck in an attic here. These British people, man, sticking Harry Potter under the cupboard, sticking her in the attic. What is up with British people really <laughs> neglecting their children? Um, and does, can't even go to like the big library. She like meets this woman with a school bus, I guess, or like a library bus. I actually oh. love that idea, to be quite honest. Yeah, I love I love this. I, I love this. Yeah, I love the character, the introduction of this character um, and, and having like this mobile like you know this mobile library and her like kind of like being a friend to to matilda yes yeah yeah full great outfit. she just disappears i know i was like wait I a minute was just like oh wait we didn't we don't see her again like after her <laughs> after like the story time i know was, when they I were like the point i'm just like i liked her when they were like chilling at the end and they were like lying down reading books i'm like oh they're by oh no they're by the trailer that <laughs> yeah. they painted i guess you know fuck her they don't need her anymore um, but I loved her outfits. She was great. And she would have been a great guardian, actually. Uh, teaching Matilda lessons that no other adult was teaching her up to that point. So mm-hmm. I liked that character. Do we remember her name? Um, I don't off the top of my head. I think Mrs. Phelps. Maybe. By, and the role was played by Sinduvi. And yeah. She's actually a stand-up comedian. Oh, that, that actress. tracks. I can see that. Yeah. But yeah, no, I thought it was a wonderful... <clears throat> uh, I wonderful it, I, addition I a, yes it was like a nice little b- breath of fresh air although you know i i complain about musicals right they have to have something Do to you? wow me either like the music <laughs> itself or the music like the dance numbers i will say this one had sometimes both going on for it i think some of the dance sequences were like absolutely well choreographed so and, like, good. shot very very well to the point where like you're moving with the action <laughs> i was just like oh this is there were there were times where it was great. It was just a great time to watch. Um, yeah, I had I took up a bet a bet with Eddie when they introduced the trunch, and I was he was just like that's um this actress, and then he's like he says who it was, and I was just like no way that's not her. And I bet him five dollars that it was not Emma Thompson, and I owe Eddie five dollars <laughs> because it was Emma Thompson, and I'm just like no way because she also just disappeared into the role in my opinion i had no idea it was her yeah i don't know did you that must be fun. i mean well you, i knew if it was no one her had told because... you if no one had told you that was emma thompson would you have known hmm good point i can't i don't know if i can think like that since i knew it the whole time uh yeah, I, I think i might have i think i might yeah. have i don't you know uh, her I eyes even, are pretty distinctive i don't even know who emma thompson really is like well like, I, I know she was one of the best parts of cruella Oh, see that, that's, that's I, how so, Harry remembers That's right. Her. That's, that's how, how I remember. I also had no idea that that was. Emma <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she just shows up in a lot of stuff, but you know, she, um, she was great. She uh, she did good. Yeah, she did she good. was a good trudge, and she had a great musical number. She did. She's in love, yeah. actually. 
she is in love actually yeah i mean she's in so much she's a lot Um, of stuff yeah so okay so the film opens up with a musical number of all these parents who adore their children at the icu um futures that they can be yeah and then we meet you know the wormwoods who are just in denial about the fact that they're even pregnant and then they haven't they have Matilda. They don't have another son. It's just only child Matilda. And they're just miserable about it. Yes. And uh, these two are very different from the Danny DeVito Rio Perlman pair. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, they were hilariously or, like, very comically checked out and just wanted to watch TV. Yes. There's not that much funny about I mean, like, it's comedic, but, like, it's very darkly <laughs> comedic because they're very, like vain they're very self-consumed and just terrible to this child they really are so this is what i found that's what i found so cringy about their their whole parenting their scenes was because when they were verbally emotionally abusive towards her uh it it hit harder yeah then it would have been danny tovito or rita Perman. Yeah, yeah, no, for yeah, sure. It, it just hit. There was nothing comical about their delivery. It it felt so. Uh, it felt so like it felt harsh. It felt a tad darker when he, when he ripped her book. Mm-hmm. Okay, you know you don't already feel about <laughs> books and ripping <laughs> books and writing in books and library books especially and how you you're supposed to guard library books. But when he ripped it, I I just what I I just felt I just had like. I had trauma resurface. Yeah. <laughs> this trauma resurface, just seeing that. And when he threw her in her bedroom, when he threw her in the attic and just like left her there on the floor. I just felt like, oh my God, this is, a, this is not a kid's. This is. And, and then what I found funny was some of these scenes were, were kind of like, some of these scenes would, would be kind of like covered in this beautiful music. Mm, or very mm-hmm. cheery or very kind of funny funny kind of music right but i was like this kind of feels disjointed because these scenes are really harsh and it's really showing child abuse yeah for me for me i felt this is child abuse and here we're gonna sing this very nice little melody you know so yeah no for sure i mean you could almost say that the danny devino and rio perlman they were just fucking idiots they were like greedy little idiots but these guys Mm -hmm. they're these are cruel uh, parents and yeah, like downright being abusive. You know, it's funny because when he starts ripping up the book, it's comedic because he can't do it. And, you mm-hmm. know, and like his whole manhood's at play and his wife is watching and she's looking at him like, are you going to fucking do it and be a man? You know, and so like you find the com- comedy and just how terrible that they are. And, you know, and that's I applaud the actors for understanding that about you know, the complications. Uh, I mean, the complexities of these people that they're playing, you know, like how feeble-minded they are and how shallow they can be. Um, but yeah, the actual abuse is, is pretty terrible, especially a little later on <clears throat> when she's, you know, in the middle of uh, telling the story that she's kind of dreamt up of an uh, escapologist, a scop. Mm-hmm. Is that what she es- called it? Es- escapologists. Escapologists. Um, she's just an escape artist. Yes. So this is also interesting. And, you know, I sometimes I would just like envision how they did it on the stage. And I thought it was really interesting. Uh, conversely, with the story happening, she, Matilda, too, 
uh, Mrs. Phelps of the library bus is telling the story that she's made up about these two escape escape I can't say. <laughs> one was a escapologist. 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 Yeah. Escapologist. I think one of them was one of them. One of them was the escapologist. The and other the one, one was, was acrobat. Yes, he was just Yes, an okay. One of them was the escapologist. One of them was acrobat. They were in love, but they couldn't have a child. Yes. And they kept just doing, because of their boredom with their lives without a child, they kept, you know, pushing and pushing and pushing their stunts until they came up with the most death-defying stunt. Uh, but then, of course, right when they're about to do it, she finds out she's pregnant. But the evil sister-in-law... You know, holds them to their contract. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. Stepsister. Stepsister-in-law. Yes. Yes. Step um, Stepsister-in-law. Stepsister <laughs> holds them to their contract and says, you must do it, you guys. You know, you have a contract to fulfill. And they do it, but at the risk of the acrobat breaking every bone in her body and being able to give birth to her child, but at the risk of, I mean, pretty much sacrificing her own life. Mm-hmm. And then as we're learning the story in bits and pieces and whatnot, you know, we kind of learn... I mean, surprise, surprise, this is actually Miss Honey's backstory. Right. But that one scene where Matilda gets home, criticizes her father because he's a crook, and then he throws her and she, you know, falls on the floor, and then she goes right back to her story, and it's conversely when the father, uh, the escapologist, finds out that his daughter is being abused by the sister-in-law, and they sing that song. Oh, my God. So emotional. I was, like, dying Mm -hmm. (laughs) watching that. Were you laughing? No, this is a point where, of the movie where I was like drunk asleep. I thought. <laughs> <laughs> so, I think. Did we watch this on New Year's Eve? No, yeah, it was New Year's Day. New Year's Eve to New Year's Day. We started on New Year's Eve. And, and then, then like, carried it into the. Okay. And I was like, I was very, very buzzed and tired because we had a long day. Yeah. And so I was like, this is a point of the film when I knocked out. So, when I had to like pick back up where we left off. Because uh, Eddie finished it without me. Eddie was enthralled with the film because he actually finished it. I was drunk asleep on the couch. But I went back to, like, I had to rewind a little bit. And I'm just like, oh, my God. Yeah, that, that scene was great. But I thought it was like, I was just like, what a, I can't believe this is the part where I fell asleep. Because that's, <laughs> after, that's also the turning point of the film. Because I think after that, the entire film feels so magical. Mm. It's like so, I mean, the, the film itself was great. Uh, but I think it was like after that point where, like, the, the, uh, we actually start seeing more of her abilities, and we start actually getting into like the 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 meat of the Trunchable terror show. Yes, yes, because before that too, like when she goes to school, there's kind of like two back to back the kids at school musical numbers that mm-hmm. for me were kind of interchangeable. I'm like, oh, we're doing another song. The um, ABCs, the ABCs one I thought was that was great. cool. Yeah, that was I a good that. one. Yeah, and I love the horrible spelling, but like it yes. was like the, I mean, lyrically the... is was so smart. Um, but th- then I can't remember what the other song was. Also, the song that Matilda sings, you know, where it's like just because you find that life's not fair, it that is mm-hmm. such lyrically. I mean, I think really that this guy Tim Minchin, who wrote the music and lyrics, you know, he's his true power is in his lyrical abilities. Because I was thinking about you. I was like, I was wondering if you would like this film or not, Rolando. Because for you, you know, you kind of want to walk out humming a song. And I was right. like, well, these songs aren't that the hummable. most hummable. But the They're lyrics, not. I the would agree The lyrics are The just lyrics are good. And like, that amazing. Would, that would be enough. Like, I mean, the trunches number of, like, Quelling Rebellions, I think, is just like, this was... What a fantastic number, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, like, I love the... Because that's so... 
where the other the 1996 film is really about uh, punishments and stuff, right? This one is more so about rebellion uh, than punishment, right? Because in this one, we see Matilda act out in a more rebellious way. Despite the fact that she's doing the same things that she did in the 1996 film, the way they're carried out are very different. Here, she's not punishing. She Here, she's not punishing her parents for what they're doing to her. Here, she's just like, just rebelling. being... Yeah, she's rebelling, and she's, yeah. in, in this case, getting revenge. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Uh, and it's her outspokenness, though, that is what drives uh, the trunch mad. The trunch wants order, as you know, most fascists do. And so now you have one outspoken, outspoken person who can lead almost a revolution, as happens. I think it was great storytelling, in my opinion. No, I absolutely. Was, I, think, I think it was uh, 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 wonderful, and I and that's why I actually enjoyed the trunch bull's like number. I thought it was like. It, I thought like her trying to like squash this rebellion was like great. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, this Matilda was also like, let's take no prisoners. You know, she was like often like, stay away from Trunchbull. She's dangerous. So am I. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like really like out for blood. But like I appreciated it too. And that like that line that she kept repeating. You know, like just because you find yourself in this story uh, doesn't mean that everything is like if written like pretty much saying something like um if you give up. You th- you're pretty much saying that you think that it's okay, and mm-hmm. that's not right. If you don't think it's okay, you have to write your own story. Mm-hmm. So it is kind of like this, you know, yeah, message of revolt, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, if you don't like something, do something about it. You know, don't just conform or give up, um, which is, I'm, I'm down with that fucking message. Like, hell yeah. I mean, uh, as a message, I hate to say it, but <laughs> the way our politics is going, it's kind of a message we need. To yeah, do, right? no, absolutely. And it's one that the younger generations, including millennials, uh, is taking to, right? Because I think a lot, uh, I just saw a report saying that, like, we, this generation and younger are not, you know how, like, historically, the older you get, the more conservative you end up becoming, you end up leaning? Not the case going on with millennials and younger. Uh, we're seeing actually quite the opposite. We're sticking to our more liberal uh, belief systems and stuff. Yeah. Well, I mean, come on. <laughs> can, you, hey. can you blame um, some people for not wanting to turn over to the side that's, you know, removed yeah. certain rights from us? Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, no. And I think it's, uh, I mean, it's, it's one of these things. Like, in media, like, I think a lot of, like, YA stuff has kind of been leaning heavily towards like, this idea of, like, standing up against the oppressors and stuff. And, like, this kind of just ends up fitting into that mold. But I think it was... I, th- I thought it was, like, kind of wonderfully done. You know? Uh, oh, I mean, the revolting children number when, like, Bruce... You know, him dancing? <laughs> oh, I was yeah, just, no. Like, and that shot of them in the hallway, I was like, oh, these are children? They were great. Um, um, did they give Bruce a fat suit? I don't know. Well, I also was wondering how old he was. Because <laughs> no, I was because... like, he moves way too well. Well, he was... So that's the thing. So he was... Um, I feel like... I think after he ate all that chocolate, I think they gave him a fat suit. Like something to like kind of chunk up his like midsection. Because it looked weird, in mm, my opinion. I hope yeah. I'm not giving him body dysmorphia. <laughs> like, not, not my goal. I'm just asking a genuine question. Like, why give him a fat suit? Yeah. If they did, if they did it, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I guess. I don't um, know. I wonder. Uh, <laughs> did you see? Did you see the TikTok edit of uh, of that dance number, but edited to Missy Elliott's uh, 
lose control. Oh no! It, Again, it send matches, it to me. <laughs> it matches beat to beat. Perfect. It syncs up perfectly. Yeah. That dance number to uh, Sierra and Missy Elliott's "Lose Control." Uh, it's a great. It is a good number. But uh, I actually another number that does also come to mind though was uh, the chocolate eating number i don't remember the lyrics and stuff but i think visually it was another i thought it was a beautiful like set piece and stuff yeah uh, i thought that was good too actually you know my one of my favorite songs that i thought was done okay uh is a song called when i grow up because it's all the different children that you meet talking about what their lives are going to be like when they grow up and their ideas of what it is when you're an adult is sometimes you know very funny and then also sometimes very like oh i feel kind of called out in my behavior um, because it's like, I won't be afraid of the monster under the bed, you know, is one of the lyrics or, you know, I'll get to eat candy all day, but it's also mm-hmm. like, when I grow up, I'm not going to be afraid and I'm going to be able to like be the person that I want to be, you know? So like lyrically, it's such a strong song, but I, I thought that the visuals, cause this movie is heavily CGI'd, right? It kind of has to be. Yeah, and a lot of the time it uses it pretty well, especially when Matilda's telling the story and them going back and forth with her being like in the world that she's telling. Um, really just like, I mean, they went to 11 with the filmmaking, with the sets, mm-hmm. with the costumes, with the CGI. Um, but that scene I, I thought was actually kind of like it didn't it didn't focus on the sentimentality of the song as much as I wanted it to up until when it becomes, when it gets to Miss Honey and you hear Miss Honey sing that song and you hear, you know, how kind of emotionally stunted she is and how she feels the same way about growing up because she's, you know, fucked up. Yeah. yeah. Um, Which number now, Miss Honey. What'd you think about this? Miss Honey. I liked her. So she's more of a cowering, simpering Uh person. And I think that worked for me better in this movie. I was going to say, it's just like, I don't know. I mean, I've, you know, if I had to pick either two Miss Honeys, it's just like, can I have neither? Uh, <laughs> I want to be raised Trunch- by Mrs. Phelps. I want, oh, I was going to say I was going to be raised by Miss Trunchbull. I agree with her. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, uh, but no, I, 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 she, she won me over by the end. I wasn't sure at first. Like it was like, cause it was like, I had to get used to like, not, not seeing the other Mrs. Honey, I guess, right? The trunch, for some reason, like, that was an easy sell because it felt visually almost exact. Like, there were certain points where I'm just like, there's no way it's the same actress. Like, there's just no way she could be doing this role again. I asked <laughs> That's when I got into argument about Emma Thompson. But, um, yeah, no, I think this one, I thought she was wonderful. I thought she was sweet. Uh, we also see she is actually more involved from the beginning of Matilda's life earlier than the other Yes. Honey, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Because she's, she's like, the one who encourages her to go to school. Right. She's she brings like the authorities, I think, to the house to get yes. her to go mm-hmm. to school. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, it's uh, yeah, she was sweet. Yeah, she popped out more as a character. She seemed more fleshed yes. out. Yes. And it. and their relationship was stronger. And also, I thought that the girl who played Matilda was great. Uh, her name is Alicia Ware, and um, I think they do. They must have shown her. Carrie or something because she was giving me hardcore sissy spacek of course yes there were certain scenes that I was just like am I watching Carrie yes right towards <laughs> the I'm end Carrie. yeah <laughs> yeah very much Carrie vibes and I like told Orlando so it's like yeah I loved it and I was like there were moments where I was like uncomfortable because I was like this is not this is not a kid's moment yeah this is, and even her alone song 
too. Mm, the quiet song. Mm-hmm. The quiet song. I felt that was too. That was like, like that, for me, I like, and I. And a, is that, wait, is that the song where like she's getting yelled at? Yeah, mm-hmm. and then oh, she, she, that was she a, puts her head in the clouds. That, yeah. yeah, you know. Yeah. So I was thinking, I remember this like moment of detachment in my own life when I realized that I didn't have to deal with shit from adults, and having that moment of detachment of like, you know what, I don't have to be here mentally. Yeah, you know, I don't mm-hmm. have to be here. And mm-hmm. Checking like, out, yeah. This is a interesting checking out moment. You yeah. know. Mm-hmm. So, no, I, think, I thought it was I, great. Yeah, and the sound editing on that moment was also really great because you had the music going on, but like when you still had the trunch like underneath screaming and stuff, like the way they had it mixed, mm-hmm. it was great. I thought it was such an effective thing. I was very, very shocked how much I came out enjoying this film. Like I was, I did not. I'm think, so happy to hear. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I thought this film was great. It actually. And even in watching it in the reverse, I was just like, ooh, this is going to be a hard one to pick. Like, you know how even if we did a lightning round, I'm yes. like, this is going to be I wanted a to do hard one. one. Yeah. We still can because it. it's 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 hard. All right, let's get into it. We'll do well, a lightning hold on. round I just, right one, now. One last thing I want to say about, oh, about her performance as Matilda, though, rewind. Is, is just um, <laughs> rewind. Uh, when you do those close-ups in, of, of Mara Wilson, you know, like she's always smiling. And like this is it, like her telekinetic powers is enjoyable for her you know it's fun it's fun in mm-hmm. games they directed her completely differently in this movie it's almost like this physical strain on her but like she's access access accessing something very deep and somewhat dark within her and i just appreciated that this form film explored i'm like sorry i'm stuttering all over the place today guys uh but this film really did explore what you know the psychosis is for someone who's going through all these things and again miss honey was more full like fully fleshed out uh trunchbow was about the same um the parents were just more realistically terrible but matilda herself you know like more believable angrier and just out for blood but i appreciated that so yeah uh all right yeah let's do a lightning round yes let's go for it lightning round okay matilda Oh wait, no. Do you want to go reverse order? Yeah, like the, let's. The yeah. let's do, <laughs> do <laughs> the parents. Warm right, woods. Parent. All right. So I mean, should we we break them up by father and mother? Sure. Let's go. Let's do the mom first. Okay, Rhea Pearl. <laughs> real yeah, Pearlman, I want to go sure. with real Pearlman too. Only maybe because of that scene at the end of her film where yes. we got a little bit of warmth. We got nothing from this mother the whole movie. She was kind of just kind of malicious. I think. Yeah. Uh, and just yeah, like the, the wallpaper to the father, you know, the father yes. was more like the perpetrator. And then mm-hmm. he kind of gets redeemed at the end because she removes the hat off him. I'm like, but why? He's a fucking asshole. He is. So, all right. Which brings up the next one. The dad. Uh, I'm going to have to go with Dan DeVito. So I'm actually going to go with the father because they Steven gave Grimm. her. Yeah, they gave her the mother scene, basically. Of letting the child go as like the act of only act of kindness that they they give, despite the fact that I do love Danny DeVito in the role, I think this one the father being so much more vicious and even though I agree with you, I don't know where that like sentimentality came from at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did enjoy that. I liked it. I yeah. So it felt I felt like an arc. Uh, so I'll go with the the new dad. Uh, Mrs. Honey. I'm going to go with the new Mrs. Honey. Absolutely. Uh, what's her name? Is it... The actress? Lashana yeah. Lynch. Yeah, she was great. I thought she was wonderful. As uh, Mrs. Honey. Isn't she, like, Ms. all over Honey. the MCU? 
Yeah, she is. She's Who uh, is she? Captain Marvel. Not Captain Mar- uh yeah, Captain Marvel. She's she's the she's Monica Rambeau's daughter? Le- M- Maria no, Rambeau. Oh, she's the mother. She's the mother. Oh wow, you know. She's the mother. <laughs> Makeup and hair, hair, uh, hair, hair and costume. She's also a Bond girl. She's also yeah, she was in No Time Bond. to Die. That's right. It's hard for me to like look past like that. Uh, those flowery dresses that she was wearing. I'm just like, who is she? <laughs> well, what yeah, she, she was in the Woman King. The Woman King. Yes. Okay, yeah. I haven't seen that, but okay, yeah, I love. Uh, she was great. Yeah. Um. Miss Trunchbull. That's the one I was gonna give you the most difficulty. I don't have it. I think it's a draw for me on this one. I think I enjoyed both performances so well. I think the terror that comes from the 1996 version is a little more palpable, but the some of the, like the the musical number for Emma Thompson in the mm. new one kind of wins me over a little bit on her performance and mm. also then like her evil plan of like revealing all the chokies and stuff i was just like i don't know this is this is a draw like they're both so strong they're both so good do you yeah have i mean i i agree but i do think that the original mrs trunchbull just the the level that she entered that film in i think that she's the one that like set that bar that Emma Thompson had to live up to. And she did, but she had great musical numbers to help her with that. Whereas, like, the original kind of set it. And she's disgusting. (laughs) She's so (laughs) disgusting. And it's, like, it's hard... It's, like, rare for me to feel such a visceral reaction, especially when it's, like, purely comedy and stuff, and I am just appalled by her. Mm -hmm. I think she's great. She embodied it. And, yeah, so... Matilda! I actually might go with new Matilda. I'm going to go with new Matilda, too. And, like, I think it's what you pointed out. It's the, uh, it's her telekinetic powers, like, the way they, they, they did them. I, I, I guess I never was a fan of Mara Wilson's, you know, the way she, like, kind of just, like, looking and staring at the screen. Kind of annoying in retrospect. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, just more complex um more to do go with and heartbreaking i mean this child broke my heart in some scenes yeah Uh, you know that when she got her a happy ending at the end so as opposed to the original one i'm like okay this is a little weird but go for it matilda miss honey and this i was like (laughs) yes you both deserved it and uh that song you know still holding my hand Beautiful. I mean, I'm not a parent, so I think if I was a parent, I would have been, like, full-blown crying. But as an aunt, I was just like, this is really, really sweet. I got to play it for my sister so she could start full-blown crying. Mm, (laughs) But, like, it understood, you know, like, what it is to have that kind of um, relationship enter your life and how much it means to you. And I thought it was really, really sweet. And, like, after all the fucking turmoil that this Matilda went through in this film, you know, for her to have that... I was happy for her, you know? So, um, yeah, definitely. Definitely as a three-act structure, an emotional response, this Matilda. And I think overall, maybe this film drew on my heartstrings better. I mean, the first film was so creatively shot, and it's fun. But, like, this one was emotional. Um, I agree with that, with that 
summary of like the differences between the two films. I think the first one is so whimsical. I think it's such a charming film, mm-hmm. and then you realize it's like Danny DeVito directed that. That's wild. Yeah, props, man. Uh, and then you compare this one where it's just like, I yes, the emotional <laughs> impact of this film is stronger. Um, I I can't. This is a, this is one of those interesting ones where it's like I can't necessarily say that one is better than the other. I think these are both two very solid pieces of art. Different. Uh, and I don't think it's fair to say that one is better than the other. I think they're both wonderful. I think they're both great. I think I, I came out shocked. I came out ready to say it's just like this new one's gonna suck so much. And I'm coming <laughs> out saying it's like it's such a lovely film. I loved it. I I uh, I might show my mom. Aw, I love that. I, I know that Rolando really, really likes something when he's like, I'm going to show it to my mom. You know? uh, yeah, because so. I feel like she is m- very picky with what she consumes. Ah, so, okay. I'm going to show her the glory first, though. That's- <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Every time you say the glory, I expect you to say whole after it. Um, so I know it's I. not. But... I know. Yeah, me too. <laughs> um, it's a disappointment. Uh, yeah, the one thing I was going to say... Mm-hmm about the new film that I was a little angry about was at the end when all the kids are singing about the rebellion, uh, the revolting. Mm-hmm. I was just like, you guys didn't do anything. You didn't do, like, you, you guys didn't re- re- uh, revolt. It was just uh, Matilda, Matilda and her yeah. psychic powers. But all it takes is that one person to show us it can be done and then it inspires a revolution. Oh, uh, what is this, Hamilton? <laughs> <laughs> Matilda Wormwood. But that was... <laughs> they call me Matilda Wormwood. Yeah. But that was a good musical number. That was a, the dance scenes. The dance sequences were just like intense. Uh, yeah. It would have been really you, fun on the stage. I gotta... Yeah, I'm curious as to what it would look like. But I'll send you the the clip that link that syncs up. The yeah, show me both of those TikToks. Because there's also one of the, the, like, the Mrs. Honey in the original film on RuPaul's Drag Race. So you got yeah. two clips you guys send me. I'll send them. I'll share them um, to you. I'll, I'll see if I can share them also in the show notes, guys. Awesome. Tune into the show news. Sharing. Yeah. Yeah. No, you can share a link. It'll be easy. Um, thanks for tuning into our first episode of Remakes, Reboots, Revivals for 2023. Ways that you can wish us a happy new year is by finding us on your podcasting platform, preferably Apple Podcasts, and leaving a rating and a review to let us know how you feel about us. Other ways you can reach out to us is emailing us remakes, reboots, revivals at gmail.com. Hit us up on Instagram at remakes, reboots, revivals on Twitter at remakes podcast. We are also on Facebook and YouTube. Just search for remakes, reboots and revivals. Uh, do we still have a Google number? <laughs> I don't to be determined to be uh, determined. I didn't is... look into it cause apparently it got, we, I, someone forgot to renew it. And, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I gotta just double check we may still have it so for now just email us just email us but yeah um, yeah alright cool happy new year and, happy new uh, year yeah what a, what a nice positive way to kick off the new year yeah it, it, I, it is it gives you hope for the stuff that we're covering this year cause uh, I mean the, there's already like a full slate of things I think incoming our way. Yeah. Some that I don't have any desire. Some that I know we're gonna have to skip because we have so much. I think. I know. Yeah. No, we're like pretty booked on our calendar, which we should probably go over after recording this. So, um, all right, guys, tune in next week. And until then, stay, stay original. original.